Welcome to Level Up Chips Devil Summoner Raido Kuzanoha versus the Soulless Army. Hello everyone and welcome to Level Up Chips. I am your lovely host Michael Gonzalez and I am joined by my lovely co-host uh, Max Logan. How you doing there buddy? Uh, well I mean we I'm already kinda, did this. Yeah, yeah we there was a bit of a uh, technical issue but yeah, yeah uh, so I, I'm just a bit sleep deprived. I didn't get a lot of sleep. We watched John Wick Chapter 3 just a little bit at the laundromat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to a laundromat because our dryer is uh, being whack. It sounds like a dog whistle anytime we like put Use anything it. in there. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. But hey, good dryer's only $3 now, so. Yeah, so I, I'd rather have that. It's kind of good having the, I don't know. It's a nice place. Yeah, I will it is. admit it's actually a pretty cool place. But, but yeah, uh, what were you doing? Uh, I was <laughs> I was at the laundromat with you, but I uh, also afterwards. At, well, afterwards, uh, you know, we we got some good rallies, and um, I was playing Smash Bros with my brother Gabe, and I was just getting shredded most of the time because it was a server for him, and since he's in Japan. He had the uh, advantage mm -hmm. where he had very little lag with me, who's, you know, the uh, person who's just coming in, joining the party. I had the lag, uh, so yeah. he tore me up as uh, Sephiroth mm -hmm. on the, the Yoshi or the Super Mario World stage, the one right. that's like kind of a slope Yeah, almost. Yoshi's Valley. Yeah, Yoshi's Valley. Um it, w it was wild because I was playing as Ridley and I was hoping that I could do the side B and take him off the map. But because of how laggy it was, I just took myself out and Sephiroth won. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were both up late. Yeah. I, I could say the mic's more accustomed to that than I am. So. Oh, trust me. I, I can easily have six, five hours of sleep. I will not like it. I will probably be angry. Cranky, yeah. But... That's just me. That's my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but why don't we? Why don't we try getting into the news? Yeah, enough yeah. about sleep. But... Enough about sleep. I could use some, but it's going to be a little bit of a, a quick and kind of quiet, somber type of deal for us because, Lord knows, we want to go to bed. Yeah. So getting into the news, this is going to be a very short one, but I think that because of how big the news is. Uh, the talk for it is going to be much larger than expected. I'm talking about the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition. acquisition that Microsoft did. Uh, it was $70 billion. Uh, $67 billion. So uh, they rounded up. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, we could say about $70 right, billion. billion. Which is the most anyone's ever paid for a video game business acquisition. And I, I got to say, Microsoft has been going wild with the acquisitions mm -hmm. lately, especially with uh, uh, Bethesda. They, they yeah, just they got bought Bethesda. Yeah. They got a lot of the like American studios lately, mm -hmm. and I think that honestly, I, I think that this is a good move. Mm. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh God, they're going to have to worry about you know Activision, uh, Blizzards, you know." crap reputation reputation that's been going on the lawsuits mm -hmm. and i say 
thank God Microsoft is taking over because it was just going to keep going down. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, Activision and Blizzard, they do a lot of work in the video game industry, yep. uh, whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. And it is up to interpretation. It's up for, but... to interpretation. I mean, they, they have Candy Crush. They have Diablo, oh, Overwatch. Yeah, right. yeah, they got King as well. With Call that. of Duty. Yeah, they got King. Though. Acquisition. So with Microsoft having all that, I think that, I think they have like a pretty good upper hand. Mm-hmm. At the moment, but what are your thoughts? I don't know. Um, it's kind of giving me like Disney esque vibes. Really? You know, where Disney, their whole business strategy is if we don't have, uh, if, you know, if, if there's no competition, if you just buy it all. Yeah. Where, like, they're trying to become, like, a multimedia, like, monopoly. I don't know. Prob- Microsoft probably isn't going for that. But I don't think they are. It's kind of weird that, like, what was it, a few months ago, uh, Phil Spencer said that they were going to completely reevaluate their relationship with Activision Blizzard. Which meant buying them. Yeah, yeah buying them at the lowest price. Which... <laughs> It was a smart move, honestly. Yeah, smart move, just, I don't know about, like, how it's going to end up. I have a lot of high hopes just because Phil Spencer, with with Bobby Kotick getting out of Activision Blizzard as the president as soon as, you know, all the deals are done, which should be, like, end of fiscal year for 2023. Yep. He's going to be out of the, the picture. picture, and I'm really excited because... With that, Phil Spencer, he seems to be one of those guys that's very inclusive, uh, very into talks of diversity, accessibility for games, mm-hmm. and making sure that everybody's able to have fun. Yep. With how things were behind the scenes with Activision Blizzard being absolutely toxic, and you know, we, we have no idea if Microsoft is the same mm-hmm. way, but at the moment... They seem transparent enough to say, hey, maybe, you know, they they could actually give Activision a brighter future. Mm -hmm. Uh, It already seems like that because Phil Spencer has already talked about how a lot of the studios that made, like, Crash and Spyro, some of those, like, remasters. Toys for Bob. Yeah, Toys for Bob. Some of those studios, Ravenclaw and all those, that were put, they they were put into Mm -hmm. the Call of Duty Mines, yeah, and to yeah, they were put to work making Warzone stuff, and it was honestly really sad because Activision. I don't think there were any other like developers that they really had that weren't working on Warzone, Warzone, or just anything Call of Duty in general. And Phil Spencer has come out to say, "Hey, uh, I kind of want to look at some of the things that Activision owns, some of the IPs. I want to bring them back." And I think that just means a lot of these developers, a lot of these companies, they're going to finally get out of the, those mines and be able to do their, their thing, have creative f- freedom to make some really fun, great games. I think that this is kind of the renaissance of Xbox. I mean, I, I think the last time we really had something this good was like 360 mm-hmm. or beginning of the xbox um yeah. 
it, it was around that time when it was really good, and then the the two thousand tens were really dark, rough, yeah. very rough for Microsoft with their their president and leader for Xbox gaming, and I think Phil Spencer, you know, is. At first, I remember looking at him, and I was like, oh, God, you know, he looks like one of those guys that's, like, a frat bro almost. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God, well, who is this guy? And he actually turns out to be, like, a cool person Person that seems cool on, like, healthy competition mm-hmm. for the video game uh, community. Right. I mean, I don't know how much of it is, like, just, you know, corporate talk, like, them trying to put up a friendly face because obviously game companies it isn't like you know good business wise to be at each other's throats like you say nintendo and sega were back that, in the that 90s. was rough yeah but i mean yeah he seems like a stand-up person so he seems know. much more stand-up than i guess yeah some of the earlier times were Ooh. i feel like right now we're at this point where I'd honestly have to say that, like, Sony is one of the few companies of the three, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, that is very closed off and, like, doesn't really want to talk about cross-play, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, what is it they have? They're, uh, they take a portion out of, a larger portion out of digital sales and stuff if, or server maintenance, and also server maintenance costs if a game has cross-play in it. Yeah, they, I remember. I remember what was it for Monster Hunter World? They paid Capcom to like not talk about the PC version until after the console ones released. Wow. Yeah, it was not good. Well, Very yeah. Achy. I was gonna say it's the kind of stuff that at the moment, from what I've been seeing from Microsoft and Nintendo, they haven't really been like that. Super, yeah, like kind of i don't even know how to call it just exclusionary exclusionary they they seem very like transparent very open to just say hey this is what we want to do do what you want with that information right but this is what we want Mm -hmm. sony's is much much more discreet but hey um maybe when diablo 4 releases i'll actually be able to get it without the moral implications of doing so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that that's the big thing i am actually looking at some of the games like overwatch 2 and diablo and i had a full boycott on those games Mm -hmm. anything activision blizzard i was like i i cannot just stand by what they believe in what they stand for or yeah what they do behind closed doors behind closed doors there's just something about it where i just said no i I cannot buy anything of theirs the most i could ever do is buy i don't a, know buy a pre-owned used, copy yeah so it doesn't go to them um and even then who knows i i don't know if like the servers like would actually give them money if we use I mean, them specific i mean, i was thinking about getting like diablo 2 the remake yeah uh since that's not like live service ish like diablo 3 i don't think it'd be a problem yeah 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 i i've been actually thinking about doing that too Mm -hmm. uh that one's i've heard kind of mixed but anyway what are your well yeah diablo 2 is diablo 2 right but 
speaking of all the stuff about Activision Blizzard, more than likely a lot of the games are going to be exclusive. Who knows? Diablo 4 may, in fact, if there weren't any... Xbox. Yeah, I mean, Xbox is saying they're going to keep with all the the deals and contracts that were previously uh, stated with Activision Blizzard, with, like, Sony and uh, Nintendo, all that that stuff. But once those are done, who knows? Maybe Diablo 4, some of those other games, they're going to be exclusive to Xbox. So since we both have PS5s, what is your take? Do you think that you might think about getting a series x because of how by the time those games come out i'm probably gonna be playing games a lot less so yeah that's true with your history degree yeah Yeah. it's gonna i'm probably the person that's just kind of making sure you play games (laughs) yeah like you 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 do this Mm -hmm. i'm in it but uh yeah um activision blizzard bought by microsoft so I think that's a huge thing. I think that this is going to change a lot, potentially the economy and potentially uh, the video game community and uh, just marketplace in general. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, that was kind of a healthy bit amount of uh, news for Mm -hmm. this episode. Uh, But why don't we try to get into the uh, Main main topic, the meat and potatoes of the story yep which is collectathons yep so this is going to be kind of a top uh question that i'm not sure if i have prepared you for but what was the like your first collectathon <laughs> that you remember playing that i remember playing huh that's an interesting question um mario galaxy one I think I have to say Mario Sunshine. Hmm. Either that or two. It was one. I played one before two, but I just like two more. I was going to say Mario Galaxy 1, I will admit, that was the one that I have the most memories of. Yeah, it's more memorable, but two is, like, it's just one on overdrive. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess I was trying to say, like, with Sunshine, yeah, I remember playing it. That was, like, the first one that I played. I don't have too many memories of that, but with Mario Galaxy, I have a lot of memories because that was when I really remember shit. Wait a minute. I'll bleep that out. Yeah. um, (laughs) Remember stuff. Yes. I am stuff. Okay. um, What was it? Uh, Actually, no. I have to amend my statement. My first collect-a-thon that I remember playing was... For some reason, Ape Escape 2. Oh, yeah, I guess you could count that as a collect-a-thon. Yes. On the PS2, I was like, oh, monkeys? You use a net to catch monkeys? That's cool. You know, I never actually played that one. Was that, like, a fun Yeah, game? it's a really fun game. I'm going to have to try that ex- one out. You have to, like, actually, like, strategize a little bit. So, like, different monkeys have, like, different behaviors. You know, that kind of reminds me of how Bug Snacks is. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's probably likely the case that Bug Snacks is, you know. Oh, God, that's a collectathon. An ape escape type of homage ish thing. Yeah, yeah, ape escape is fun. Um, moving on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so that was probably your first one. 
Mario Sunshine, again, I don't have too many memories. I just remember it was difficult. Mm -hmm. I remember being very frustrated with the game because, you know, I was a kid and 3D platforming was still relatively new. Right. So it was not fun for me to actually go for that. Yeah, it's understandable even playing it as a 20-year-old person who is quite experienced with games. Sunshine has, like, rough spots, like, I guess I I don't even know if you could call them I don't even know if it's like rough spots but just very difficult platforming mm-hmm. like yeah no like I'm I'm talking just like weird spikes in difficulty okay that that makes more sense yeah like that's just what I tend to call them yeah like with with the uh, Bowser Jr just taking your flood system and you have to just actually do those... just platform and those courses are I remember there was this one that absolutely, like, destroyed, destroyed me because I had to look it up on YouTube. Like, okay, how do you actually, like, pull this off? Mm-hmm. And you had to do some, like, amazing feats of gymnastics and acrobats just to get to one point. And I said, how was this allowed? <laughs> this is for kids. Mm-hmm. Kids don't know how to do that. I barely know how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh, but um, so going into a little bit about that collectathon, I, I the the whole reason that I decided like, oh, we should try something like this for for a topic is the fact that Banjo Kazooie uh, just came out for the Nintendo Switch Online uh, expansion. App. Yeah, expansion uh, Thursday. Yeah, and I've been playing it quite a bit, and I got to say, I have been really enjoying it. And in a certain way, it makes me wonder, you know, what's a good collectathon and what is deemed as a bad collectathon? Mm-hmm. And what would you have for an example of a bad collectathon? Well, that's funny because, uh, you see, back during like the N64 era, Rare was like the king of them. Just collectathons in yeah, general. Right. Besides, you know. Mario 64, but that was that just started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So they just built on that, and uh, the like the last one they did was not very good. Um, the worst one. <laughs> yeah, it's Donkey Kong 64. And before anybody like who really likes Donkey Kong 64 tries to raise any pitchforks and torches, um, I will admit the gameplay is fun. Yeah, but. It's just a nightmare. It's to, a nightmare for a collectathon. To finish. Yes, exactly. So so you have a little bit of a story about how bad it is. Yeah. Um, so at one point, I was informed of a speed run for Donkey Kong 64. Uh, so just to give you some context, platformer, like, speed runs usually run, like, you know, two hours at most. If you're completing it, maybe, like, five. I don't know. Five, six hours. Right. But there was a guy who did a completion speed run of Donkey Kong 64, DK64. And it took him 17 hours to complete the whole thing. And he had a window behind him the whole time. He had, like, a webcam on. Yeah. And... He started in the evening, and by the time it was over, it was, like, noon the next day. So, 
why is it so difficult to complete complete it? Uh, they they just like overstuffed the levels with arbitrary like like tedious collectibles, like ones where you know you can't collect this as Donkey Kong. You have to switch to Chunky Kong first. And it's like, whoops, these coins can only be collected by Diddy Kong. Go back to the character select and stuff like that. It's just super tedious. It's very tedious. It's not a good system. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of the things that is kind of one of those bad examples of a collectathon. A collectathon. And I'm trying to think of what we can gather from that. And I guess there's a lot of games. Moderation is key moderation and backtracking yes don't back bad backtracking is a bad idea sometimes sometimes i think that that's a strange thing because backtracking is like a key thing to make a metroidvania Mm -hmm. fantastic but when you have it in a -a collectathon and you say oop you don't have diddy kong yet you're gonna have to get him in Mm -hmm. to go back here and it's gonna take 10 minutes to get back here to collect this banana Uh uh-huh it's not fun anymore yeah exactly and for that it's just kind of arbitrary but you know for a metroidvania it's part of the fundamental design you got the dopamine when yeah, you you're see like, oh the, yeah, I can do this now. You have that key. You finally have that what key to to go into this path, and you're like, ooh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Collectathons, they have there. There's very little you sense to, of reward. You have to keep your momentum going, pretty much. You have to keep your sanity going yep. too, because that's another thing about a lot of collectathons, and it makes you wonder how how can you get someone to 100 percent collect everything in a game that has thousands of coins collectibles and power-ups hmm. i don't know um i think that the thing that we could go into easily transition into is the uh mario right games hmm. because i think that odyssey is one of those that i don't think i've ever seen so many people on social media Talk about 100%ing that game mm-hmm. so much. Right, yeah, no, um, specifically for Odyssey, I mean, the moon system kind of helps that. You know, where the other Mar- 3D Mario games, they have the stars and the shines. And as soon as you get one, you just have to go back to the level select and do another one. Yeah. But with Odyssey, uh, it's so, like, freeform and open and the moons are meant to just i i think they i think nintendo said in a in as part of the design it's so that you you could be like on transit or something and you get like you know just one or two moons and then you're good and then you feel like you've accomplished something instead of stopping halfway through and being like well and i i think that's a big thing that in a certain way, I, I can appreciate Mario 64, I can appreciate Sunshine, I can appreciate Galaxy, but in a certain way, when they put you into that level, you get that start, and then you get out of the level, and then you say, alright, well, I gotta go into this open world again, the mm-hmm. same exact one, except some of the situations, the scenarios are different in there, like, maybe there's an extra character, the pacing just kind of kills it for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where, especially with Mario 64, whenever I got a star, I was like, 
why can't I just stay in the world? And just keep doing things, because I know there's more stars to get. And that's where it's actually kind of fun playing Banjo-Kazooie. It's very addictive, and I'm happy that with Odyssey they decide to take that uh, formula. formula because... Mm-hmm. It's much easier to say, oh, well, I got through this world. I 100%ed it. Well, I can go on, move on. It's all yep. done. Mm-hmm. Just stay in the same place for as long as you need to. Exactly. And in a certain way, I just feel content whenever mm-hmm. I'm out of a world like, okay, I did it. That's mm-hmm. fun. Right. I don't have that level of frustration of, I just want to play the Mm. game i just want to be where i was and then get another star right in front of me (laughs) right uh but yeah um i think that's what it's part of what makes a good collect-a-thon to me to us i guess Mm -hmm. but um i think a game that really blends it those two styles together well like having levels and also the more like quick Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Sly Cooper. Okay. Uh, the first one specifically, as it's more like arcadey, I guess, in a way. Um, I'm down to here. Right. Um, so in or in order to uh, progress in Sly One, you have to collect these treasure keys, which allow you to do certain things in the overworld, uh, and like actually, like I said, progress. Yeah. And uh. What is it? Along, and pretty much every single key has a different, distinct level associated with it. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, so, like, one could be platforming. I mean, there are some mini-game stages that are kind of frustrating. Kind of the pachinko level of, like, oh, God. Not, like, oh, God. Not, like, pachinko and sunshine. Okay. It's not that bad. But it's just like, ah, I gotta, gotta... Uh, get the chickens inside these coops. Gotta drive. I, I gotta do a race in the van. Oh, oh that's boy, sucks. yeah, no. Um, but just overall, the game's really fun because you always know you have the same reward at the end. So you're like, oh, well, if I do this, I'll get this. Okay. And uh, even though the game kind of like. In the final episode, it kind of abandons that concept, and it's just like, uh, like seven straight levels. Very of, linear. Yeah, it's super linear. I mean, it's really, still really fun, but, um, in each level there are even like these secret like bottles that you can break. Oh, uh, with these messages, and they all come together as like a passcode for this vault that's in each level. Oh, for each really cool. in each one you get like a secret technique uh from one of your ancestors and honestly the only one that you really need is the roll it literally just lets you roll around and you can like avoid all damage <laughs> yeah that that's a good one yeah it just it's not like a dodge roll it just you just curl up into a ball and start like rolling around that's so easy. Yeah, no. Um, there are only certain enemies where... Uh, also, in Sly 1, it's... Unlike the other games, they're more action-based. Mm-hmm. It's more... It has more of an emphasis on stealth. 
or I guess as much as a children's game could have stealth in it. Like uh, Wind Waker level of stealth? Yeah, pretty much, where as long as you're not in an enemy spotlight, you're good. Yeah, like the Moblins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're like standard enemies that just kind of like, they're more like obstacles. Like, there are ones that'll like throw stars at you that are kind of slow moving, but they're tricky to avoid. There's ones that like hit hammers down. You got to get past them. But there are like flashlight guards that if they see you, they like attack you with an unavoidable projectile. Oh. <laughs> so you got to like be stealthy around them. So it's just a, I don't know, it's a fun formula. It's like pretty good variety. Yeah, exactly. Of- yeah, attacks. Mm-hmm. You're mostly either trying to avoid or, like, run away from enemies like that. There are even stages where you're just running from a a police officer trying to catch you. <laughs> and and I think that really does well with its, like, thief yeah. type of aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the themes and everything. Right. Um. I think that's a really cool concept. That's one of my favorite things that, you know, this is my first time playing through Banjo-Kazooie. And one of the things that I think that Mario really needs to try to, I don't know, adapt to is the idea that you aren't, you you don't have to have your entire moveset from the beginning. Right. I love the fact that in Banjo-Kazooie, you're going through these worlds and you're like, oh man, I cannot beat these enemies. What is going on? And you'll find the mole hill and the, the guy, I think Molly, yeah. he, uh, he dies, say, he dies in Banjo-Tooie. No, no. <laughs> Why would you spoil <laughs> that? No. It happens at the very beginning. He, it's like a joke. He's a ghost. No. <laughs> anyway. Banjo-Tooie isn't as good though, so. I've heard mixed like if whether it, it, it's always polar opposites of it's fantastic it's better or it's worse mm. um but anyway i think that the idea of actually getting the extra abilities and being like oh wow i can finally shoot the eggs out mm. of uh, kazooie or i can fly and then do a dive bomb while flying it's really fun seeing those and being like whoa okay now yeah. I have this, like, arsenal now. Yeah, I mean, actually, Sly does that, too. Uh, yeah, you were talking about that with right. the vault. Well, yeah, no, no, it's, there's something where you get, like, fixed ability progression. Uh, each time you beat a boss, effectively, you have to get a bunch of pages back from your family book, which is called the Thievius Raccoonus. Uh, you have, like, a thief, you're part of a thief clan, and all the villains, like, took the book and tore it up when you were a kid so you have to get it back um so for example the first ability you get is a ninja spire jump which you you can use to just like i mean of course in earlier levels they don't have any of the extra abilities Mm -hmm. in mind but as you keep going you just feel like cooler because you get more abilities like you get a rail slide and you get uh i think I forgot what the third one was. Oh, right, invisibility. You get to, you gain the ability to turn invisible. Uh, and the last one was a turret. You, oh, that's you cool. learn how to build a turret. And what? 
you build one on top of your van and the first level of the final world is a turret section. Okay, that kind of that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Especially since that's like ancient technology. Here's no, a turret. Uh it was one of the ancestors. He was like from the early 1900s. I oh. think he like he was an engineer. So I was thinking it was going to be like oh in 1500 or 1300 somebody built a turret. <laughs> All right, here's a gatling gun. <laughs> There's something about it that that would be, like, hilarious. It's mm. like, oh, ancient martial arts. Mm. Here, <laughs> what here's, was that? The Fist of the North Star. The yeah. Here's a grenade. Or... Yeah, yeah. It was like, you, you think dynamite is a martial art? Hey, as long as it works. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want. Where it's, like, so wild, but so cool mm. all at the same time. And... I don't know. I'm thinking about, like, if Mario Odyssey, like, when it comes to collectathons, I still think that's, like, one of my favorites still. Mm -hmm. Just because it's so much fun just going through the game, trying to find all the moons. Yeah. And I still think it could be better because of some of those things, like, you know, uh, progressive ability. But even then, I think that it would be really cool to possibly have like if you get i don't know let's say if odyssey actually had a limited amount of stars like you can get 999 moons yeah you could do that but let's say they decided okay there's going to be a 300 limit i don't know just to keep it i don't know reasonable uh, reasonable um i think it'd be really cool if after you get like all 300 you get 100 percent completion they give you like a new move that makes you like faster, mm-hmm. and with those like Luigi balloons, right. balloons that uh, are added on, it'd be kind of neat to actually have almost an advantage in some of those extra add-ons, something like that, where right. you can collect costumes it's faster. Al- yeah, it's almost like rewarding for even more of the stuff. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. But um, yeah, uh, collectathons are—I don't know—they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I, I mean, they had their heyday during the night during the nineties, nineties slash like mid two thousands, and then they fizzled out for a while, and they're coming back a little bit. Yeah, it, it's been coming back quite a bit, especially with like a uh, ukulele. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mario Odyssey, a Hat in Time, which. Is very much like I, I thought you said it was more like Mario Sunshine. Yeah, it's kind of. It depends on the level, honestly. Like, <coughs> the first world is very like, I don't know, sixty four ish. Okay. And then yeah, the first world is sixty four ish. The second one is like Galaxy, mm-hmm. where you have fixed objectives. Uh, third one is really weird, but it's cool. Um. And the fourth one is completely open-ended. Like, you can collect whatever you want in whatever order. Hmm. And Yeah, no, it's a short game, but it's really fun. That's, yeah, I've been kind of thinking about it. If once I finish Banjo-Kazooie, I might want to try that game. Cause Hat in Time? Hat in Time. I've heard it's good, and I don't know. In a certain way, those are kind of fun to just turn your brain off and... Just kind of play through, collect it, get that dopamine of like, yeah, I, I got that. Mm-hmm. I got that hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's even a 
there's a speed hat that uh, all, all the hats are like completely not are completely optional to actually beating the game okay and there's a speed hat it's like a sprinter it's like a headband type of thing with oh, a visor yeah 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 and it's it just makes you run faster that's what i want that's what i want in odyssey i yeah. just want <laughs> I, I think it's just made for speed runners cool <laughs> i'll take it that that's actually kind of neat and i i think that's one of the big things that i kind of want more of these collectathons to do like i think that if they look at the speed running community i think that a hat in time is kind of neat because they looked at the and they're like all right these are fun for speed runners it also has a speed run timer in the pause menu. So I say that that's how it goes. I think that would be a fun way to, for Nintendo's to start looking at it. Right. Kind of the same way of how Metroid Dread looked at the Metroidvania community and said, oh, you you like to speed run. You and, like to uh, sequence break? Sequence break, huh? Well, Craig, uh, why don't you be the why punching bag? Why don't you kill bag? him one you, hit? Why, don't, why doesn't he get to be the punching bag? <laughs> so... That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm, I'm really hoping for collectathons to really hone in that idea of you can do it fast, you can do it simple. Like Odyssey, it doesn't have to take up so much time just to have a good amount of fun. Just do what you want and have a good time, but still have like a relatively all right story. Mm-hmm. So I think that's collectathons. Yeah. Um, we have one final thing. And this is kind of be a little bit more on Max's side because yep. of the uh, random wheel that we chose. The random game of the week um, is Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy. Please tell me a little bit more about what is that. <laughs> uh, so it was a collectathon fitting uh, developed by Naughty Dog back in. It was released back in two thousand one. I think it was a launch title for the PS two. Yeah, that seems about right. But, uh, I mean, this, the plot's really simple. Uh, there's this stuff called, like, it, it, there's, like, this force in the world called Eco that's, like, elemental stuff. And there's a dark version, which is kind of, like, antimatter. Anti-Eco. It's called Dark Eco. Okay, well. <laughs> and uh, pretty much Jack and Daxter go to this island that they're not supposed to go to. Ooh. And then Daxter falls into a vat of dark eco and turns into an animal. He turns into the Joker? No, he turns... <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, you, yeah, you... no. He he turns into Heath Ledger's the Joker. Yes. But, no, he turns into a small animal, and then they just have to figure out how to, like, change him back. I had no idea that's the reason why there's that animal thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, Jack's friend. What? Yeah. I thought, who knew this game was just Animorphs? Yeah, no. Um, and then you just go through different, like, zones. It's all loaded in in the same, like, zone. There's, seamless, there's no, like, loading screens. You know, Naughty Dog has a good way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it still loads, but you can't really see it. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, like, uh, let's see. Uh, so you go to different areas, like there's an underwater temple that you go to, there's snowy mountains, there's a jungle, like a beach, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, and you go around and you collect these power cells, 
which you need in order to power the speeder mm-hmm. that lets you go to the next like overworld area. Oh, okay. And you keep doing that until you reach the end. And uh, I don't know, it's just a really fun formula because it's it keeps with the same Banjo-Kazooie thing where you stay in the same area even after you collect the power cell. And uh, then, and you can also like play with all the different like diff versions of eco. So like the red one gives you like fireballs you can throw. Ooh. And the blue, the blue one gives makes you faster and ju- jump higher. I kind of like they, that. They give you superpowers. But, they become uh, Shulk from uh, Smash Bros. Yes, Shulk from Smash Brothers. Xenoblade from Smash Bros. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, yeah. He only has that property in Smash Bros. Yeah, that that's the thing where I'm like, I'd love to say Xenoblade, but he doesn't have those abilities in that game. The closest one he has is speed. And, like, that Pretty doesn't much. do what it does in Smash. No, it does not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Jack and Daxter is just a really fun game. Um, the first... It's really jarring, though. The first one is, like, rated E. It's, like, perfectly fine. Yeah. And then the t- the other games are rated T. And mm. it's, like, a GTA light, effectively. What? Yeah, you get to, like, drive cars and kill people in the street. And Jack talks. And it's it's just crazy. It's so edgy, and I love it. <laughs> okay, so... so- naughty dog what yeah no they it was really weird that they decided to just switch audiences on the on on a dime honestly i feel like that's just naughty dog though it's there they went from like cutesy stuff i mean crash bandicoot and then they got went to jack and daxter and it slowly was like okay we're transitioning Transitioning, transitioning into the T era. Went to Uncharted and stuff. And which, then... yeah, and it was slowly starting to get into, like, okay, there's blood. You know, you know, it's still rated T, but I don't know. And then Last of Us came along and it was like... Okay, well, this is just mature as <laughs> yeah. all hack. Yeah, no. But, um, yeah, Jack and Daxter, uh, again, really fun games. Uh, don't play the one on PSP. It's bad. Um. Okay. The, the other games are really good, including the racing game. For some reason, that's a similarity. That's a thing shared between uh, Crash and Jack and Baxter. I have to ask. They both have a really good racing game. I just have to ask, though, like, which racing game would you compare it to? Would you compare it? Because, like, Crash is, like, almost Mario Kart-ish. It's way more skill-based. It is like... much more skill-based. But, I don't know. I'm I'm just wondering if it's, like, more comparative to, like, Star Wars pod racing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the Racer Revenge one, where you're like reward. It's called Jack Combat Racing or something. Jack X Combat Racing. <laughs> so obviously, like you're rewarded for hitting your opponents. Yeah, that is that's a yeah that's a podcast or pod racing podcast racing. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan in a pod racer. <laughs> no. Uh yeah, that actually sounds kinda cool. And I, I've been that's actually Yeah, hey, they have them on PS4, so Yeah, which also goes with PS5, so I might want to pick those up later on. Mm-hmm. Um maybe see what GTA Lite looks like. <laughs> because 
I did not know that's what they were more compared to. Yeah, no, it's uh, and then it, the the levels are more standard, like comp- they're they're more standard levels than the original. See, whenever but, I saw the rated T, I was like, oh, they just have like darker themes and like maybe more guns. I don't know. And yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, I mean, they little, do have guns. Little language here and there. Oh yeah, they do have a little language. So I was like, oh, it's it's whatever. GTA Lite, though, I swear, I... It's really just... It's Diet GTA. It's with a capital D. Diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... You can't, like, do any... Like, you you can just, like, hijack people's cars and kill them, and that's about it. Wow. <laughs> but still, that is, like, something I had no idea about. So. Yeah. All right. I'm, I guess I'm going to have to check that out. It still has, like, the collect-a-thon type of... Uh, aspects not really okay uh, so we're just talking about the first one though yeah no the first one is like a collect-a-thon through and through and all right well i think that's actually a pretty good end for an episode mm-hmm. um we'll probably be getting the esports stuff uh next week but otherwise uh for now max and i are probably just going to keep talking about things kind of make it short and sweet and Once we get that going, you know, we'll keep you posted. But in the meantime, this is Level Up Chips talking about all all things video games. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see ya. See ya.